Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. My name is Bob Heilig, your host and the founder of Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for the new wave of network marketing leaders that want to make an impact and aren't just building a downline, they're building a better world. Join us each week and learn how to build a profitable network marketing business that gives you complete freedom so that you can give back to the world in an even bigger way. Welcome to episode 71 of the Your Virtual Upline podcast. This is your host, Bob Heilig. And today we are going to be talking about something that we've never covered yet here on the show, Instagram. I know a lot of you are going to be really, really excited about this episode. It's honestly something that I've not really taught you a lot about because it's something myself that I'm really still kind of learning. I've never really used Instagram consistently or very well uh, in my business. It's, it's kind of a focus for me in 2018. So I figured, well, how can I deliver some value to my audience? I said, well, let me go out and find someone that is an Instagram expert that is crushing it using Instagram for their network marketing business. So I am excited to actually share an interview with you today from a very special guest that has blessed us with their presence here on the show, Mrs. Janelle Summers. If you're not familiar with what Janelle is doing on Instagram, we're going to share some of her information with you. But Janelle has been incredibly successful, not only in her network marketing business, has become a seven-figure earner and and built a humongous team. Using Instagram, it's become a really critical part of her network marketing lead generation strategy. She's built a following on Instagram of over 100,000 people. You know, I wound up kind of finding her and following her and watching her from afar and just really admiring the things that she was doing. So I said, hey, let me see if I can get her on the show. And she agreed. So really excited to share this interview with you. In the interview, we are going to talk about how to use Instagram. Whether you're brand new and you've never used Instagram before, this is going to be incredibly valuable. We're going to walk you through the beginning stages of getting started. And then maybe you've already got an Instagram account and you've been experimenting. We're going to go over some advanced strategies. You're going to be blown away when you hear some of the tips and some of the things that she's going to share with you, things that she teaches her own team and that she's applied in her own business some tactical things to really help you not only grow your account, but start generating leads immediately. So really excited. Now, this is a this episode is a little bit longer than normal, but it's okay because I said, you know, I, there, I can't edit anything out of this. It's all really that good. So we're just going to give you the whole thing. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over right to the interview that I did with Janelle. And I know you're going to get a ton of value out of this. And I'll check back with you when the interview is done. Hey, Janelle, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you today. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share. Yeah, definitely. So I can't wait to have all of my listeners hear your story. And obviously, specifically, we're going to be talking about Instagram strategies to grow your network marketing business. And not that this is just relevant to network marketers, but you know, I'm really excited for you to share some of the things that you've done in terms of Instagram and, and growing your business, I know you've had a lot of success, but I think it would maybe be helpful just kind of starting out here. Why don't you share 
just a little bit about your kind of background and your journey. Uh, I, I know, you know, knowing your story, I know you have maybe what would not be considered like the typical prospect for a network marketing business because of kind of your, your professional background and even your personality. So I'd love to have you share a little bit about kind of your story before getting involved in your company. Absolutely. Yeah. When I, you know, graduated from college, I went the traditional route and I got my degree in business and went into corporate. And I, you know, worked in the corporate field for 13 years in human resources management. And I was working a lot of hours and just kind of, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. I liked my line of work. I didn't love it. I've always loved fitness. It's always been my side passion. I've always loved dance and sports, but I was working just a ton of hours and I wasn't seeing my son enough. I wasn't seeing my husband enough. I didn't have balance in my life at all. I just spent so much time at work and this opportunity came along. It was actually my sister who told me about it and I was really skeptical at first. In fact, I was not interested. I did not show interest and I wanted to make sure I didn't show interest because I just thought, okay, that's not for me. Network marketing is not for me. I'm totally an introvert and my sister's not. So I felt like she wouldn't understand that. I said, you know, I'm totally an introvert. I'm, I'm not a networker. I'm completely a homebody. And aside from even being an introvert, I mean, not all introverts are shy, but I've grown up very shy, like painfully shy. And I'm just kind of a private person. And so I thought, okay, she thinks this is a great opportunity for me. And yet she doesn't understand how many hours I work and that I, I make a really good living and I'm this shy person and I'm an introvert. This couldn't possibly be for me. I've never been in sales before and it's, it's probably all about pushing sales. I just had all these preconceived notions that were just so wrong. And, but it did intrigue me just enough where I started to look into it. And I realized that it's not all those things that I thought it was. And I realized some other people had become very successful doing this. And even though, you know, I'm an introvert and I had all these misconceptions, I do, you know, I do really believe in myself and I do have that inner confidence. And I realized that this is a business where it's not really about me so much as it is about me being willing to help others and wanting to serve others. And that's something that's really in my DNA. I love to help others. You know, even though I'm an introvert and I'm shy, it doesn't mean I don't like people. I love people. And I love helping. I just have a different way of going about it. And so when I realized that it was not about me and it was really about others, I was all in. And so I just started working my business in pockets of time and it wasn't easy. And I worked my business and built my business for a good two years while I was still working, you know, a full-time career and a demanding career. You said something that I think is so important for people to understand about really having more of a focus in terms of seeing your business as a way to help others and serve others. Do you, do you feel like, how much of a role do you think that plays into whether or not someone is going to be successful in a network marketing business? Oh, I, I think it's, I think it's everything, you know, I, I think perspective is everything. I think if you go into something like this and you think that maybe you're going into it just, you know, to make a bunch of money, maybe that'll carry you through temporarily, but at some point you're going to feel lost and you're going to feel unsatisfied. I think if you have a bigger why and a bigger purpose and all of it, whether it be, you know, helping people and being able to support your family at the same time, 
that's going to keep you going. That's what's going to help you keep going when you're, you know, up late at night and you'd rather just watch TV and yet you know you need to listen to a, a training or uh, reach out to some more people. Yeah. And do you, do you feel, Janelle, do you feel like that having that outward, see, we, in, our, in the Your Virtual Upline community, one of our kind of golden rules for success is that we teach people how to possess a service instead of a sales mindset, right? And that's what we're talking about here, more of a service-based mindset where it's about giving before you take and trying to help others. But do you feel in the early days, do you feel having that type of a mindset helped you get over your fear of maybe making that call or uh, you know, doing that prospecting or giving that presentation? Did you find that to be a driving force to help you get over fear that you were experiencing in the beginning? Definitely. You know, one of the things that in getting into this, one of the first things I learned is that, you know, social media was going to play a big role in this. And social media was one of my biggest fears. I wasn't on social media. And so this was going to be a whole new beast for me. And and something that as an introvert, you know, putting yourself out there and being more of a private person and knowing that, okay, now I'm going to put myself out there. And, and, you know, my sister put it to me one time. She was like, well, you know, here you want to help all these people and, and you and you love fitness and you love helping other people and nutrition and all these things. And you say you want to help all these people. But how are you going to do that in, in your little in a bubble? You know, you have to put yourself out there. And so if I was going to be true to my mission and my message, then I needed to make a mindset mindset shift. I needed to make my vision stronger than my fears. And I need to basically get over myself and not be so concerned about the judgment from others and realize that that concern of mine and letting that concern hold me back was really a selfish thing. So, all right. So, so let, let's talk about this. What for somebody that maybe has never really used Instagram for their business, they may have an account, maybe they don't. What would you say are like the biggest differences between an Instagram and a Facebook as it pertains to using it for your business? What are, what are the, in your mind, what are some of the advantages that Instagram has? Yeah, I do think we have a, a unique opportunity with Instagram because with Facebook, the way the algorithms are working right now, and it's constantly changing, but with a personal profile page, Facebook doesn't want you promoting a product or a service. And they're going to pick up on that if you have certain keywords in your post. And if they pick up on that, then your post is going to be hidden from news feeds. What Facebook really wants you to do is to have a like page or business page where you're boosting your posts and paying for that or doing Facebook ads, which makes sense. But not every new business owner can afford to do that or is comfortable enough with their, their posts and, and, and feels like they're ready to do that. So with Instagram, using hashtags, the fact that we can land on people's explore pages and it's, it's people who are like-minded and Insta stories are so popular. So with those three things right there, I feel like we have a really unique opportunity with Instagram that we don't have with Facebook. I mean, Instagram almost works like a search engine when it comes to, you know, hashtags. People are searching things on Instagram all the time. It's not working that way so much on Facebook. People do not search things as much on Facebook. People are in the habit of they open up Facebook and they look at their newsfeed and what's there is there. Hashtags on Instagram are really effective as long as you're using them effectively. You have to use unique hashtags. When you type in a hashtag, you want to make sure that it's not used by a bazillion other posts because then you're in competition with all those posts and it's not probably going to show up in the, in the gallery under that hashtag. You want to type in a hashtag and if you see it's been used by maybe 
less than 5,000 posts or less than 2,000 posts, then that's probably a good hashtag to use. On the other hand, if only one person has ever used that hashtag, it's probably not a good hashtag to use. So it's a unique opportunity on Instagram, in my opinion. Um, definitely different than Facebook. It's definitely more focused on the visuals. You know, people will decide in an instant just from looking at your gallery of photos if they're going to follow you or not follow you. And we, we as Instagram users have to be very aware of that. So you have to really be looking at your gallery and say, okay, what do people see right away when they come to my page? What do they see in my bio? What do they see from my gallery? Does it really represent what my page offers and what I'm here to offer? So let's talk a little bit about, I'm, I'm really interested to talk about hashtags for a sec. Okay. It, it's, so it sounds to me like if I'm hearing you that Instagram is actually, if you understand how to use it, it's an easier platform for you to get discovered on. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I believe that to be true as well. And so what you're saying is when it comes to getting discovered, like if you're just starting out and you know you don't have a lot of people that have liked your particular account and are following you, um, hashtags are a great way to begin the process of building that following. How do you decide what hashtags to even try? Is it really, are, are there any tools that you use or is it literally just, you know, I'm in health and nutrition and let me just think of some words and some things that people might be searching for? Is there a way to search inside of Instagram to figure out? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people struggle with is what, I don't even know what hashtags I should think of to try to use? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Well, you can Google it. Like what, what are the most common, you know, hashtags used by, you know, whatever your audience is. You can also look at some of the accounts that have a large following and some of the hashtags they're using. Although I will say warning on that, because there are some of those accounts that are using hashtags that are way overused. So sometimes that's a good idea. And sometimes it's really not a good idea, but you know, just yourself trying to think of, let, let's say, you know, you think of a certain, um, I don't know, workout, maybe it's, uh, and of course I always go straight to fitness, but what, let's say it's a kettlebell workout. And so instead of just hashtagging the word kettlebell, maybe you are going to put the word Jillian Michaels kettlebell workout, you know, in front of it or something, you know, it's got to be more, it has to, it has to be more, uh, unique putting a word in front of it or behind it that's more descriptive, I guess is what I'm saying. Got it. And when you do that, so you actually, if I remember correctly, as you're putting the hashtag, and when you're when we talk about like putting the hashtag in, we mean that we're actually writing it in as the description of our post, right? Just Absolutely. to get just to get at like, you know, let's assume that maybe there might be some people that don't even really understand where they use it. So when you're writing in your uh, the copy that's going to go with your image or your post, you, you just literally do the hashtag symbol, and when you start typing after the hashtag symbol, it'll actually pull up all of the hashtags that have that word in it, right? Exactly, and it'll tell you how many posts have gone up with that hashtag. So yeah, you can include hashtags, obviously, in the, in the caption of the post. You can include them, you know, like put some dots underneath the caption and then and put them at the, at the bottom of the caption, or you can include them in comments. There's debate as to which is the most effective, but either way, once you come up with a whole set of hashtags, copy and paste those into your memo of your phone, 
and reuse those and be able to just paste those every single time into your posts. It doesn't always have to be that every single post has something pertaining to that hashtag in it. Got it. Okay. And then the guideline that you're saying is ideally look for hashtags that maybe have less than 5,000 other people using them. That's like kind of a good number. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anything, anything, I don't know, between 1,500 and 5,000 is what I look for. Anything that's, you know, beyond 5,000, I, I don't know if I'm going to get seen. Got it. And do you have, I'm just curious, depending on what kind of post that you're going to make, do you have, and I love that tip of just uh, creating like in the notes section of your phone so you can just copy and paste all the hashtags, but do you have like if you do a, a, a workout post, do you have your workout hashtags? Do you have your food hashtags? Do you have different kind of categories? Yes, I'll be completely honest. I've not been good about it lately, Bob, just in all full disclosure. Yeah. But definitely as I was building my account, I was so diligent about it. And it is one of the reasons I believe I was able to build my account. I was very diligent about using those. And I did have categories um, and still do have categories for those hashtags and the hashtags that are working. And you have to constantly be changing those because some hashtags start taking off. The next thing you know, it, it's one that you really can't use or one that's not effective. And there are even some hashtags that they say are, you know, shadow banned, where if you use that hashtag, Instagram will actually start hiding your posts from the feed. Um, it's some very overly used hashtags. And it's something that you can Google um, shadow banned hashtags to okay. see if maybe you're possibly using any of those. Interesting. Um, so, but I think your so your point is is one that's well taken. Is that you're using the hashtags to build your account, but you eventually do get to a point where you have a large enough following where you start getting some of you you start leveraging that momentum. I mean, now I just took a peek at your account. You have 107 thousand followers, right? That's yeah. You know, it's a little bit less important to you. So it's not like for somebody that's like, man, this sounds like a lot of work. I mean, it's not like you got to do it at that level forever but exactly. if you want to you know you're starting from scratch there are some really powerful tools that instagram offers for you to uh, have people find out who you are and what you're doing absolutely and if i can just add to that if you can use some hashtags um or even at you know put the at symbol to some of the accounts that you would love to be featured that works too and my account did grow from some other accounts featuring me on their account and, you know, the, the one thing that will help you be one thing that will help you get featured on another account is the first thing that big account is going to do is they're going to look at your gallery of photos. And if they see that you're being really salesy or your photos aren't good quality or something that might embarrass them as a company, they're not going to give you that feature. OK, mm -hmm. so really positioning yourself so that if another account, larger account does notice that you've posted something that's really valuable or it's really funny or whatever it may be. And they want to feature you. You want to make sure that you've got your account, you know, cleaned up enough that they would feel comfortable doing that. Mm. So I like that. That's a good tip. So when you say, you know, using the at symbol, so if you in your post copy, if you use the little at symbol and then you put like, if I were to put in your name, Janelle Summers, I actually could kind of tag you in my posts and you would get a notification. Is that how that works? Absolutely. Yes. And then, and then so you're saying that sometimes people will then feature your post on their page. Is that what happens sometimes? Definitely. And you can even 
directly ask the account if they'll feature you. You know, I've definitely done that before and I've had a lot of my leaders do that before. You know, what's the worst they can do? Say no. You know, you can just DM them and ask if they'd be willing to feature you. So could you give me like give me an example of like what of a time when you did that? What kind of a post was it? Who person or what company were you tagging in that post? Could you give me maybe an example or two? Oh, sure. Uh, I have done lots of videos where I'm doing workout video, not workout videos, workouts that I have made up myself. And they're just at home workouts. Maybe it's a hit workout. And so I can tag or DM, you know, like, and I have before, um, home workouts for you. That's an account. There's another one. I think it was called Fit Girls Inspire. Um, I can't think of others off the top of my head, but just, you know, those examples where I'm providing content that is, it's, I'm not selling or pushing a product or a service. I'm, I'm literally just putting out valuable content that I think another account would also, their followers would also benefit from. Mm, So that's a really, really good tip there. So finding, so what you're saying is there are accounts out there that all they really do is their entire account is made up of other people's posts and content. So you're, it's, it's number one, identifying are, what, what are those accounts in the, in the profession or the industry or the area you're looking to target and mm-hmm. then creating high value content that you offer to them through tagging them to a post. And potentially if I, if I had that account and, and, and you gave me a great post and I, put it on mine and I had 20,000 followers, they're all going to find out about you. And I would imagine that's a really powerful way to grow your following quickly. Really powerful. There's some great accounts out there, um, especially some of the ones that are up and coming. You know, some of the really large ones, they might require that you pay for it. But some of the up and coming accounts, and they're looking for great content. And if, if you've got great content that they can feature and they don't feel like they are conflicting with their own message, then they're going to do that. And they, and they love to have that content. That's a really good tip. So, okay, cool. So we, we've, for, we've talked about two things already using, you know, using hashtags for discoverability and mm-hmm. finding ones that are not too popular. So you don't get lost in the mix. Cause just to double, you know, to take a step back on that for people that don't know, when you go to Instagram, you can actually, their, their kind of search area, you can search for certain hashtags. And if I happen to put in the hashtag that you had in your post, it will bring up all of the posts under that hashtag. And if there's like a million chances of you getting found are very low. So if you're picking ones that have less, you know, uh, people using them, it's easier to find. So that's a great way to get discovered. I love the tip about, um, you know, tagging other people's accounts and finding ones that maybe once again, they don't have a hundred thousand. So maybe it's not a good strategy. What you're telling me to tag Janelle Summers in, in everyone's post is that so they shouldn't do that? that I don't know. I, I, love, I love seeing the tags. I don't mind that one bit. Okay. Right. Um, but you also, you know, when you're doing that tagging and tagging other accounts, you might want to do that in your grouping of hashtags. Got it. You know, so you do know. it in the actual hashtags, like have that as like, is that part of your copy and paste that you do? I uh, Yes. And, and I do it in a comment. That's how I that's how I would do it. Okay. So, oh, so that's a good point. So it, it's, and I, I remember I had to learn this too. So when you're creating your post, you, mm-hmm. you know, you write whatever you're going to write. So mm-hmm. your, your piece of advice is don't include all of the hashtags in the original post copy to do it as a comment in your own post. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, and I'm not the Instagram expert, but that's how I do it. I do it in the comments. I know there are some people and, and some very large accounts and very smart people who do it in their caption. And maybe that is the best way to do it. But I, I personally like to see it. I would rather, if I'm looking at someone else's account, I'd rather see, not see all those hashtags. Yeah. So, you know, unless they're going to be, if, if there, there are a bunch of spaces and dots, then you may not see the hashtags. So that's good. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to go to someone's caption and I see all those hashtags and all those, you know, they're at symboling to everyone, it kind of sends this message that they're wanting to be seen and they're, they're, they're trying to push something. Yeah. That's sometimes the message that can come across. Comes across a little desperate almost sometimes, right? Yes. <laughs> like they're just trying to like, just hopefully somebody finds what I'm doing here. And, and, right. and now listen, I mean, it's, you know, and let's call it like it is, that is kind of what you're doing in the beginning, but by, by not putting it in the actual description of your post, it actually drives it down. So sometimes if you get a couple of comments, you don't even really, the people won't even really see your hashtags unless they click on your comments. Exactly. Yeah. Got yeah. It. So it's just a little bit more of a subtle way to not be so in people's faces about it. So that I think that would be an important thing for people to understand as well. Right, right. Got it. Okay, cool. So what are there any other things? So I know we so we've talked about a number of them so far. We talked about hashtags, we talked about tagging people in post. What other pieces of advice would you have for someone that's just getting started with Instagram? Like, you know, first like maybe I know that you teach a lot of the people on your team to use Instagram for lead generation. What would be a couple, are there any other things that you could think of just from a newbie standpoint that they should do starting out? Well, and I kind of already said this, but I just want to make sure it's abundantly clear because I think it's so important that, you know, when, when you're doing your posts, you really have to think about engagement. It's not so much about being this interesting person because if you put that on yourself, that pressure to have these posts that are so valuable and so inspirational and, and just rocket science stuff you're putting out there. It's too much pressure. It's, it's daunting. And, and Instagram is going to seem really awful for you. So if you really think about it as, you know, serving others and asking them questions, you know, polling them on certain things, surveying that things that you authentically want to know, you know, you can't just, you know, throw something out there and, and it's obvious to everyone that that's not a, an authentic or a genuine question. A true question like, you know, maybe it's and, and for us, this only applies to us women, Bob, but which dress do you like better, the red dress or the black dress? And you've got a picture of yourself in a red dress and a picture of yourself in a black dress. This would be especially relevant if you had more of a fashion type account. And so, again, it's it's engagement on a post because now you're not saying, look at me, look at me. You're saying, I want your opinion. And people love to give their opinion and they love to give their advice. And so when you, instead of you just talking about your struggles or talking about your successes, if you're asking for other people's, their opinions, their thoughts, their comments, literally asking, because a lot of people don't comment on social media. And so when you ask them to, it makes a huge difference versus just implying that you want them to. When you literally come out and ask them to comment below or DM me if this, you know, actually asking them to comment. Um, the other thing would be to make sure that your content is really original. You know, if you're just trying to copy what someone else has done, then your posts are just going to be white noise. You really have to be original and really put up posts that are your own pictures, but have a bit of a 
I want to say style or theme to them. In other words, when you look at your gallery of photos that maybe your thing is that they're all very bright, or maybe your thing is that they're all very kind of have a pastel hue to them. Lately, mine have a gray and a pink in them and, and some contrasting black or, or dark gray. You know, I've been kind of trying to stick to like a, a look. If they go to your gallery and they see, okay, there's this one picture and it's a collage of oranges and, and greens. And then there's this other picture and it's, you know, a, a baby pink, I don't know, throw. And then there's this other picture and it's this bright blue and red. It, it just, it, it's no offense. It's just really busy for someone to try and digest that. And it's, it's just not appealing to the eye. So if you can make your gallery look kind of like it's themed a little bit and a little bit styled, and that doesn't mean that you need to be perfect by any means, not by any means, but it's just something to start working towards. And it takes time and it takes practice. And believe me, I was awful at first and I'm still not, not great, but it does take practice and time. And it is what you want to do. You do want to aim to have some sort of consistency and consistency is the other thing I want to point out with your Instagram, with any of your social media accounts, you have to be consistent. You have to be getting on people's radar consistently. Mm-hmm. So how, how on that, on that note there, how often do you recommend that people post on Instagram? Is there, is there an ideal amount of times per day? You know, now that we have Insta stories, I think that's a, it's a good question. I mean, normally I used to say at least three times a day, morning, noon, and night, you know, roughly somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Those are high traffic times on Instagram. Now we have Insta stories. And so Insta stories, each post doesn't have to be as value added. It doesn't have to be as themed. It doesn't have to be as styled, which is great. It gives you so much more room to work. Got it. But with the stories, I would say, you know, you, you want to be putting those up just here and there throughout your day. And, and those can be very simple. They can be all text. They don't even have to be a picture. Um, you can do the little boomerangs. Those are fun and really simple and quick to do. So those are pretty simple. But with the regular Instagram posts that go on your wall, I still would say three a day. Okay. Um, you know, I, ideally more, but I would say at least three a day. Okay. So then, so what's important, and I think this is, I just want to reemphasize this and make sure everybody caught this when when you're thinking of your overall posting strategy don't look at every post like it is independent of the other one so when you're creating posts have some sort of a and it doesn't have to be like professionally done but just have some sort of idea about the overall brand, branding of your channel how to or your page how do all these different things fit together on your account and when so when you pull up your account and look at it you don't want to see like an or you know a quote image in orange and then one in purple and then one in blue and then one in black right it's it's coming up with some sort of a common theme in terms of the types of images and quotes and things that you're posting right exactly exactly i mean just to give a little example just the other day you know as i was drinking my shake i was i was drinking my shake inside and where I was nice and warm. And I thought, Oh, but if I take a picture of this, the color scheme is not going to be right. The visual is not going to be right. So I knew outside we had just had this beautiful snowfall. And of course the, the sidewalk is gray. And I thought, well, that fits in perfectly with my color scheme. So I walked out into the snow, (laughs) 
took a, took a picture of, you know, just it was my shake and my my feet with my slippers on and and but the color scheme was right and and of course my my dog wanted to join me so that always helps but you know just thinking those things through it's just little tiny tweaks here and there yeah now you didn't start out that way right you weren't like in the early days like oh this isn't gray enough i need to go outside no not at all <laughs> right, that's okay. what i'm saying like it, it so you can evolve into this right it's like just be yeah. mindful of it and then you know and then as you get more advanced you can figure out where you need to drink your coffee to take your picture right <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. It's just something to aim for. And I mess it up still all the time. I, I'm not the best by any means, but it's just something to practice. And when I started off, I, I wasn't doing this at all. And all my photos were of myself were very dark and out of focus. And it was literally a joke. So I really had to work towards this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, like something's coming to my mind right now that I want to ask you. And I know, you know, being a self-proclaimed introvert that had to overcome that to put themselves out there on social media and I can relate to that because I had to do the same thing do you do you struggle at all or, or how do you find a balance between capturing these events and experiences and images but then still maintaining your life outside of social media how, how do you find that balance there because I got to be honest I struggle with that myself at times yeah I, I mean I would think most of us struggle with it. I certainly struggle with it. You know, I think you're, you're going to have certain days that are better than others, like everything else. I know for myself, there are days where I just am more in the mood to, to, I'm more, I feel more creative. So I'll, I'll take a ton of pictures at that time. And I may even change my outfit. I'll change my background. I'll step outside I'll go into my office, like I'll, I'll do a bunch of pictures and I'm obviously not going to post all of them right then and there, but now I've got visuals that I can use for different thoughts throughout the week. So I just really make it a habit whenever I have an idea for a visual or I'm in the mood for, for, you know, taking pictures that I, that I really take advantage of that. Even if I don't have a thought at that moment that I want to put out there in a post, got I know the visual will be good for something in the next day or in the next week. So I make sure I have a, a stock of my own visuals. That's a great, okay, so that's a great tip. So I mean, essentially you're kind of batching your images and stuff like that. So, so yes. it's okay, you don't have to be on every single day, right? You can be strategic about the way that you capture your content and kind of spread it out over time. Exactly. And I will mention this too, because for me, it was life changing. You know, with Insta stories, everything has to be within the last 24 hours. And, you know, as busy as we all are and trying to run our business and, and having our families, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. And I, I, you know, I want to have something up on my Insta story. So one thing that you can do is you can recycle content. You can, you know, take a picture that's in your camera roll that maybe was actually last week, but it really does demonstrate what you did this morning, mm -hmm. but it's a great visual. And so you can literally just screenshot that picture. And now you've got a, a, the same picture that actually falls into your last 24 hours. Same mm -hmm. goes for video. Maybe I had a video of myself doing, you know, bicep curls from a week ago and I never posted it. Well, I can take that video and pop it into a third party app, like let's say iMovie or pick play post or something like that. And, you know, 
click save to share it to camera roll. And now you've got a brand new video that's in your last 24 hours that maybe actually was from a week ago, even though it does demonstrate what you did this morning, but it's actually, you know, a, a better footage of it. Yeah, I like that a lot. So on, on the on the topic of apps or, you know, technology or software, do you have what do you have that you use on a regular basis in terms of being related to Instagram that maybe you could, you know, recommend to people? Well, first of all, a window with some, you know, natural light coming in is your best friend when it comes to pictures, whether it be a selfie or taking pictures of food or anything, really. If you can get the the object next to a window where there's some sunlight coming through, and that is a bit of a struggle here in Ohio because the sun doesn't shine every day, but even just some natural light makes a really big difference in your photos. A lot of times I'll step outside to photograph my food just because it looks 10 times better out in daylight versus inside. Even if I put a bright light on it, it looks 10 times better outside. So daylight for one is, is a huge tip. Also, the, the Instagram edits that are on within Instagram are awesome. So just by increasing the brightness on your photos, um, increasing the sharpness on your photos, I do that definitely anytime I'm photographing food or posting food. I increase the brightness. I increase the sharpness. Same thing with a lot of my pictures. I increase the brightness and the sharpness. Now, there's an app that I use for videos. If my video is too dark, because you can't edit a video, you can't lift the exposure on a video within Instagram. So an app that I use for that is called Video Hands. Video Hands. Okay. And maybe that's not the best one. I'm sure there's many out there, but you can lift the brightness and lift the exposure on the video. So let's say you have a video, um, let's say it's of a of a, an event you're hosting and it's in a dark hotel room or something. I mean, it's in a dark conference room. You can lift the exposure on that video and make it look like a you know a bright video on your in, in your gallery on your Instagram. Awesome, I like that yeah. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use uh, I use Canva a lot. And yes. What I you know once I understood what you're talking about here about having some sort of consistency to the way that you post, all I did was I just came up with. You know, the beauty of Canva, C-A-N-V-A, if you've never tried it, you definitely have to for anybody listening, is they have templates already. You can choose. It's free. You can choose an Instagram post, and they literally have quote image templates already created. And and all I did was I just used the same color background with a logo that I have. And so every one of my quote images, it looks the same from a branding standpoint. And then I just made a whole bunch of them, and I just kind of... Every couple of days, I put one out there, and so I, I think what you're saying is really smart. And I think for the for the average person who still has a job or a career or a business and a family, you know, it makes it I think a little bit more manageable for people to know that they don't have to be on every day, creative juices flowing and capturing these amazing moments. You can just do it when the inspiration kind of strikes you. Exactly, because you know, having it strike you at all times in all moments is just not realistic. And I love Canva. Absolutely love Canva. And I Canva and I and I love it that we can use it right from our phone. It's the the phone app is great. And I also love iMovie. Yep. Yeah. We'll put uh I'll make sure in the show notes of the show we'll put the names of the different apps. And I I I have some other ones too without going too deep down that wormhole because i know there's when i i started searching like instagram apps and i was like oh my god oh. there's like 
There's like five <laughs> of them for each possible thing you could think of. So we'll oh. put a list of some of the more, you know, ones that we've talked about here and then some of the other ones that I found as well. So great. So let's talk a little bit about video because we kind of touched on Instagram stories. And I, as all my listeners know, I'm a huge proponent of video. It's, it's what's built my business, live video specifically. But on Instagram, you know, there's different types of video that you can use. You could do Instagram stories, which is what you've mentioned, where you're kind of capturing these short little snippets throughout your day. And the idea is that you can kind of tell the story of your day uh, through getting creative with uh, different things they allow you to do on the platform. You have Instagram Live, and then we have the ability to like record videos and upload them to our account so they actually live on our Instagram profile. So right. which of the, the, the different types of videos, which have you found that work the best for you? Is there kind of um, a, 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 an ideal mix of that type of stuff? Like what should people be doing on a daily and a weekly basis as it relates to these types of video? Well, I think video is awesome because it is the best way for people to get to know you, you know, to, to really understand who you are and what you're all about. And that's the business that we're in. We're in relationship marketing and it, it's not like we, we're just trying to convert to sales. We want to build relationships. We want to build a like minded network. And video is like the best way to do that. And especially live video. And so. You know, I I have to be honest, I'm not great about live video. Being an introvert, I, it's one of the things that I have really had to work and force myself to do. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I do think it's important. And I know that people that have really leveraged it have had, you know, great success. Um, and, and it's obvious why. People want real. They don't want so much that is just posed and looks staged. They want real and authentic. And so, you know, if live video isn't going to be your thing yet, which let me just say with live video, I think it's great. Number one, because people are on Instagram all the time and it's so easy to just click on a live video because people are constantly going live. It comes as a notic notification across your phone. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to click on that. I've definitely gone on a lot of others. Instagram live videos, even on accident and came across some, you know, really great information. So Instagram live is, is great. I definitely recommend it. I need to get better at it myself. Uh, but Insta stories, super popular right now, a great way to get a lot of views. Whereas I feel like with Insta with Instagram videos that you upload to your Instagram, I don't know that you get quite the um, engagement because, again, it might be something that you staged is something that's more planned, whereas the Insta stories is a little more um, just freestyle. You know, it's, yeah. it's just like you said, it's, it's sometimes more fun. Um, but as far as, you know, which one should you do more of? I think, you know, for starters, start with what you feel comfortable with. I've heard some people say I feel much more comfortable doing Insta stories than I do uploading a video on my Instagram. So for you, start with your Insta stories, you know, leverage that. Um, but if, if it's the opposite, then, of course, up, upload your videos versus doing Insta stories. It kind of depends on, you know, your personality and what feels comfortable for you as a newbie. Yeah. So it's funny. We're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where, like, I'll do live video all day, every day. Like, I just can't get enough of it. But uh -huh. I've, you know, I've been talking about doing Instagram stories for so long. I'm like, 
I just, I mean, I'm just such a procrastinator. Because, but it's interesting because I was the same way with live video. It took me a year to do my first live video. Like I put it off so long and I'm the same way with Instagram stories. And, and I, But I totally recognize that why I love Instagram stories and, and, I, and I watch your story every day and I think you, you, you do a great job just capturing the behind the scenes, right? Like there are certain things you could do on an Instagram story that you would never do like a live on because it just doesn't warrant a whole kind of thing. But if you just capture it and I think it really Instagram stories really allow you to execute that whole documenting your life strategy of content creation where you're just, you know, you're, you're just sharing all these different parts of who you are and you do that really well. Do you have any, like when you go into your day, do mm-hmm. you have some sort of strategy in mind? Are you thinking about like, I'm going to do this because I want to do a story or, or have you just trained yourself to become aware of, you know, I just got to capture this? I'm still transitioning. You know, I, I, I really resisted Insta stories at first. I, I resisted anything where it was live video. Uh, just like I resisted Snapchat for a long time too. Um, so I'm just transitioning to the point now where I really am consciously thinking throughout the day, like would I want to, you know, c- you know, capture a little bit of this or, or I'm making this, you know, meal, would I want to capture a little bit of that or what I would want, would I want to ca- capture, you know, right now at, at my son's, you know, basketball game, you know, so just trying to, you know, sort through and really listen to feedback. What, people are liking and I'm, I'm really finding people like humor, (laughs) anything that's anything that's funny. And so, you know, I'm trying to, you know, find the, the humor in things, which I love to do anyway. So I'm really trying to, to roll with that. And also just how to videos. I mean, people tell me all the time, they want to see more of, you know, what I'm eating and more of my workouts. And I literally ask them, that's a poll that you can do on Instagram is, you know, what do you want to see? What do you want to see from me? What would be helpful? And, and so when hearing that, I realized I need to, you know, probably post more of the, the making food and the workouts and all that kind of stuff. Got it. And then over time, as you use it more, you can start to experiment and have fun, like on the topic of, you know, having fun using some of the uh, design elements they give you with, you know, writing quotes or using some of the filters and like, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with stories, right? Yes, a lot of fun stuff. You definitely can have a lot of fun with that. How much do you, do you, do you, is like, is there too much or do you just do whatever you want to do? Like, I, you know, I go, I kind of go back and forth about that. Does it depend on just your personality? Do you have to do what's authentic to you or what, what are your thoughts on that? 100% you have to do what's authentic to you. No doubt about that. Um, if you try to do what someone else is doing, that's probably not going to come across very well. I think there is such a thing as too much. I don't know. For me anyway, with everything I do, I try and use common sense. Like what inspires me? What do I like to see? What do I feel like is too much? And I just kind of go, you know, based on how I, what inspires me and what I like and also what I'm hearing others want to see from me. So I just kind of take those two things into consideration and uh, let it flow. And definitely, you know, I try and keep things more lighthearted on the weekends and I, I definitely try and you know, mix things into my Insta story that you would not see on my wall so that they can see, you know, my personality. Got it. Okay, cool. So I want to, I want to make sure that we cover 
I want to talk about your challenge, your free challenge uh, strategy that you use because I think there's that's it's so high value for people that are especially in a, in a network marketing business that are looking to try to figure out how they start to convert, right? Because the biggest question that I get from people is, how do I like c- convert somebody from an Instagram follower to a recruit or a sale for my business, right? So I think I, I'd like to maybe have you talk a little bit about. Um, so I'm doing stories, I'm posting images. What is the strategy like? Ha- what's acceptable, and how do you actually connect with someone to potentially offer what you're doing to them? How how does that work on Instagram? Yeah, great question, great topic. You know that, and that is the thing. It doesn't matter how many followers you have if you're not connecting and engaging with them one to one somehow. You know, they're not going to get to know you, and you're just going to mix in with the others if you're not actually in front of them on a regular basis in a more, um, in a a different environment, in a smaller environment where you can talk with them one-on-one and really connect with them and they get to know you and you get to know them. So I really feel like the free groups that I do on Facebook is a way that, that I can do that. That gives me that opportunity. So for anyone that, you know, there's so many different free type of groups that you can do. It doesn't matter if it's a three day group or a five day group or a two week group. And you really just have to think about what are your strengths? What's something that you have overcome in the past? Really let your mind run wild on this. You know, make a whole list of, of ideas, brainstorm with your significant other and think of things that you could do as a free group. And you may just have to try some different ones to figure out which ones really take off. I remember when I first tried a clean eating, a free group or a clean eating group, free clean eating group. And the group itself is held on Facebook, but I was, you know, promoting it on Instagram and it actually was not taking off. I wasn't getting a lot of interest in it. I couldn't figure out why, because so many people tell me they follow me and and they they're so interested in the things that I'm eating and that I'm making and that I have this way of making healthy foods really quick and fast. And I thought, why would this not be of interest to my followers? But it wasn't. So I, I switched it up and I, I did my first sugar buster group. So I just gave it that name and I, I said, this is a five day group where we're just going to not eat foods with added sugars for five days. Nothing can have artificial sugars or added sugars. And you know, it's all about how you market it, of course. So I had to make sure I had a, had a great visual. I had to make sure I, I told my story, you know, cause I'm, a, I'm a former sugar addict. And so many people resonated with that. And I had, I mean, the post itself had so much engagement. I got so many messages and that's what we want. We want inbox messages. We want DMs. We want to be talking to people. And I had people tagging their friends and it helped me two things. Really, it helped me obviously have a place where you know, a group where I could engage with them further and connect with them further and help them understand what I can do for them and who I am and me have the opportunity to get to know them better as well. See if this is someone I'd want to work with. And also it helped me grow my like-minded network because of course they were tagging their friends on this group because it was a free group and it helped me, you know, obviously get in front of other people that I wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. So I love that. So then what you're doing, just to kind of recap this, is you're promoting the challenge on Instagram. And yeah. the way people join the challenge is they have to they have to join a Facebook group that you've yeah. created to run the challenge. 
Yes. And I don't, and this is a personal preference. I don't put the links to a group, you know, right in a post or, um, you know, just automatically add people to groups. I don't do that because I personally don't like when people just automatically add me to groups. So the way I handle that is that I, one of two ways I either have, you know, have them fill out, um, you know, like a, an opt-in form. So I'll say link in my profile, you know, to fill out the opt-in form to be in the group and I'll email you the link or I'll say comment below and I'll DM you. And so, you know, the comment below is great because that's going to add obviously um, activity on the post, which of course, when we have more activity on a post, it gets to more people's news feeds. So that activity of people commenting saying, I'm in, I'm in, count me in, message me, please. You know, all of those comments are traction on that post. And so Instagram is going, okay, we're going to put this on the explore page. This, this post is getting a lot of traction. Um, and that gives me the opportunity to now DM them and not only, you know, talk to them more about their struggles and give them the link to the group, but now I've got a one-on-one conversation started with them. Mm, so that's really good. Yeah. So then having some sort, like you talked about earlier, some sort of call to action where you're asking people to leave some sort of a comment and then you're, um, you know, direct messaging those people and then you're taking that conversation kind of behind the scenes and you're having and you're doing all of it there exactly yep exactly and then you can obviously you know I, I make sure that I'm always tracking prospects and what their interests are but you know now that I've got them in this free group like I said you know that's the place where you can really start building that relationship and even maybe invite them to another free group but those free groups I mean the ideas are endless and I really think it's an effective way to have an engaged network it's not the number of people the number of followers it's the number of people that that are engaging and connecting with you mm. smart too because you're leading with value right you're not you're not going right for the kill and direct messaging and cold pitching them on your network marketing business like you're really offering them something that can genuinely help them regardless of whether they want to join your business or not. And I just think that, you know, a lot of people struggle with that kind of stuff because it, you don't see as, you know, potentially they want like that, like they want to see the return right away. They're not willing, but that goes back to what your philosophy on social media, which is, you know, I want to give before I take, and I want to impact others and I want to add value to others. And I, I just, I love that idea. So I think for anyone listening, Think about your business. What do you do? Is it skincare? Is it beauty? Is it fashion? Is it health and nutrition? And come up with some ideas of, of maybe a challenge that you could do, a five-day, a seven-day challenge. Do you have, Janelle, do you have any advice in terms of the length of the challenge? Is like, is, is, could it be too long? Should it be shorter? What, what have you found to work best for you and your business? I have found three days up to five days works best. Anything longer than that can be difficult only because people don't have any skin in the game. When they look at their list of priorities over the course of each day, this group that they have for free isn't necessarily the highest of their priorities. So, you know, anything beyond that initial excitement might wear thin and you really want to end a group on a high note, I usually do a giveaway, like a prize, some type of, you know, contest within the group to keep them going. I really feel like beyond five days, you can start to lose people. Got it. Okay. So keep it short. And then when it comes to promoting it on Instagram, are you creating images to promote it? Are you 
Um, I mean, obviously, you want to do it always, right? Promote it on your Instagram story. But are you creating, coming up with kind of promotional images beforehand? And are you like posting every day? Or how does Instagram work into the actual execution of the challenge? I would post about a free group maybe uh, a few times over the course of a week. You you, you don't want too far in advance. You, you don't want to be a free group for next month necessarily. I think that's too much time. I think, you know, if you're going to have a free group that is is going to start on Monday, that maybe you want to start posting about it um, the Monday prior or Tuesday prior, something like that. Give yourself a good, you know, five to seven days to promote it. And I do think that, what was your other question? Just about, just about like, do you create oh, like images beforehand yeah. and stuff like that? Yes. Okay. So that's a great question. You know, when you create a graphic, like a Canva graphic where you have a lot of font on it and sometimes that can, it can look like you're selling something, mm. you know, like you're promoting an event or you're promoting a product. And so in the news feed, people can sometimes just scroll right past that. And so I think it's important to, that the visual looks like a normal post of yours. Right. And there might be one word on it that kind of triggers them to read the post, maybe just one or two words that triggers them to read it. And, and for me, I think it was, I think I just said sugar buster mm. and people, I thought, well, what the heck? And, and I did, and I put it in very small, you know, light font. It wasn't anything in your face. You really want it to look as close to a normal post as possible, because if it comes across, even as at a glance, as you promoting a product or or an event people see it as white noise yeah yeah that's it's so true because i i find that myself when i'm going through mm -hmm. you know the news feed and stuff like that so i love that challenge idea and i would highly recommend any of you that have an instagram account if you've not thought about doing this and it's just such a great way to demonstrate value position yourself as an authority in whatever whatever area you're doing now janelle one final question about sure. this is when you're actually running the challenge inside of Facebook, you're setting up a group. Are mm -hmm. you, how are you delivering that content? Are you, po are you, do you do lives in the group? Would that be a good idea? Or what, what are you doing inside of the group, the group over those five days or however long? I think everyone's a little different. I think some that are really comfortable going live might go live each day in the group. And that's great. The way I've done mine, um, because I'm less, <laughs> because lives are less appealing to me, yeah. I, I go live at least twice. So usually kicking off the group and usually ending the group and maybe one other time in the middle real quick. Um, so, you know, like a Monday through Friday group, I'm going to go live on Monday. I'm going to go live on Friday for sure. I might also go live on Wednesday. Uh, each day, I'm just doing one post per day. And it, basically the the layout is you know, how did you do today? So I'm asking them to check in and then I'm giving them a tip or a piece of knowledge that day, each day. Got so it. in the group settings, I'm setting it so that, you know, I'm the one that's posting so that each time I post, they can, they see it. They don't have to scroll through 20 other people's posts to see what I posted that day as the tip of the day. Because again, I want this group to help them overcome their addiction to, to sweets and sugar. And so I want them to see what I have to offer each day. So I do these settings so that I'm the one that's posting and they all get to comment and put their pictures beneath that. And they're all relating to each other. So I have once per day, the same time each day that I'm either posting or going live. Got it. And then at the end of that challenge, would 
would it be appropriate at that point to maybe offer a product that you have or would, would, how, how, what would be kind of the payoff there for somebody that's doing that in your mind? How do they transition out of the challenge? I literally ask the question and have them comment below. What's next for you? You know, what's next for you? Would you like to do another? Would you like more information on another challenge of mine? Would, are you, do you want to just, you know, go at this on your own for a little bit? Would you like me to contact you when I do another one that's similar? Of course, I word it better than this, but I, I, sure. I figure out wh- where are you at this point, at the end of this challenge? You know, how should I proceed to help you? Got it. Awesome. I love that. I mean, I think that's something that re- doesn't matter what type of business or what products your company has, you could definitely execute that successfully for sure. So cool. Do you know anything else you could think of that we, we haven't covered Instagram related that, that you think would be important for people to understand or know? I guess one other thing, one thing that has helped a lot when I was growing my Instagram was searching hashtags myself, hashtags where I knew I would find like-minded women. So it might be a certain brand of leggings that I love. And so searching that hashtag and finding other women who had also worn those leggings and also hashtag those leggings and just doing what we call CCQ. And CCQ is something I actually earned for, learned from another team member of mine. It stands for compliment, comment, and question. And so simply saying, I love those leggings. I need a pair just like them. Where did you get them? You know, something as simple as that, just to start conversations and doing a little bit of that each day. On other people's accounts that are like-minded, have yes. the same interests as you just, and is the idea there that you're looking to get their attention and then have them, you know, connect with you and vice versa. And then you're just kind of executing all these other strategies that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, when, when someone's interested in you and is complimenting you, you tend to kind of look at their account and go, okay, who is this nice person? You know? And I think that's really helpful because it obviously gets you in connection with that person. I love that. So search for other people that have similar interests using hashtags because they're using those hashtags and then CCQ compliment, comment, question. Love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Well, Janelle, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking some time. I know my audience is going to get massive value. I've never done an episode on Instagram because quite frankly, I'm still learning it myself. It's really a, it's a focus of mine in 2018. So um, I just want to thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time. I know that the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of this. They've probably taken tons of notes already at this point. So uh, hey, do me a favor. Let everybody know what what is the best way to, if, if they're interested in just learning more about what you do, how can they find you? What's the best way to connect with you? Well, Instagram is great. I mean, they can go to Instagram. It's just my name, Janelle, and, and it's spelled incorrectly sometimes because I spell it weird or I, or I should say my parents did. <laughs> J-E-N-E-L-L-E. Uh, so Janelle Summers on Instagram and, and through my Linktree bio, you can see a bunch of different options of ways to get in touch with me or just to DM me. Awesome. Well, Janelle, thanks so much for being here. And uh, thank you for sharing all of your Instagram knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Okay, take care. Thanks. All right, guys. So that is the interview. I hope you got a ton of value. I know I took so many notes when I was going through that interview with her. I can't wait to start implementing them in my own business. But uh, you know, just wanted to uh, let you know how grateful I am that you Spent your time here, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hopefully, you've got some more confidence now and a plan of action of how to make Instagram work for you in your 
business. So, hey, listen, if you haven't taken the time yet, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Leave us a review if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever. Just take a couple of minutes and leave us a review. Let us know what you're liking about the show. Would greatly appreciate that. And I want to, like I said, thank you for your time. I'll see you soon on the next episode. Take care. Take care.